It's Advent. And when I was looking at the readings, I had questions. I'm like, why is the church choosing the readings from Matthew's Gospel at the end of Matthew's Gospel rather than at the beginning where it begins to talk about the conception of, of Jesus and getting us ready for Christmas? Why are we at the end? And furthermore, why does Jesus, when he talks about his coming and the Son of Man, compare it to Noah's Ark? And how are those two connected? So, I was thinking about this, reflecting on it, praying with it, and something came to me from our culture, actually a movie. I often try to look at our culture for vestiges of our faith, because our society is was founded originally on Christian principles and idea and mission. So, has anyone seen the movie um, The Wizard of Oz? Yeah, a lot of us have seen it. And there's stuff going on in this movie that I think can actually lend insight into today's gospel and also Advent, and most especially just our Christian life. Like uh, the tornado and the Emerald City, and uh, the, um, the Yellow Brick Road, and the people that Dorothy meets along the way. So, the tornado. You know, we know from the scriptures that original sin ruptures our relationship with our Father, with God. And it literally displaces us from paradise, from God's original plan for us. But then God had a plan, too, to get us back to him, and to that harmony with him and one another, with creation that we had in the beginning. The tornado in The Wizard of Oz does something similar. It disrupts Dorothy's life. It pulls her away from her family and puts her in a foreign land and sets her on a mission so that she can find her way back to her true home. Emerald City. I think when I first, as a kid, saw that, and heard about she had to go to the Emerald City, that that was really the goal. That she would get there, and she would realize how beautiful it is, and she'd want to stay there. Right? The Emerald City, I think for us, when we look at a movie like this, or culture like this, through the prism of the Christian faith, the Emerald City is the church. Its job, our job as church, is when people who are on that journey, is to help them through Christ's grace get to their true home there. Church is a means, not the goal. And the same goes with the Yellow Brick Road. The Yellow Brick Road, actually, it's interesting, when you look at the book of Revelation, it says that the city of the New Jerusalem, is the, the streets are paved with gold. The Yellow Brick Road is that path that God supplies for each one of our lives in a unique way, but with a similar goal. And that is, the Yellow Brick Road leads to the Emerald City, and the Emerald City is a means by which we are transported back home. Along the way on the Yellow Brick Road, we meet people. Now, some of them are set on being an obstacle to us getting to our home. But others we meet are people who help us who love us, who have care for us, who protect us, and help facilitate our journey back home. And it's interesting, too, that these people that we meet along the way 
who want to help us, we end up being able to also help them find their true selves. There's a lot of more analogies to the movie, but I think that's enough for us to say a couple more things. The next thing I want to say is there's actually three comings of Christ. Three comings. Now the first we know, and we're getting ready to remember and celebrate, that's the coming of God's Messiah. And that happened 2,000 years ago. That's the first one. Now the third, of course, we know too, because Christ promises that he'll come again at the end of the ages, and he will complete everything that he promised. And he will bring us that harmony with him and with one another and with all of creation and the universe itself. But there's a second coming. Or should I say, the second of the three comings is that Christ comes to us every day of our lives to walk with us on this journey through the facilitation of the church so that we might come into that homeland that he has prepared for us in his Father's house in heaven. And how does he do that? He comes to us in the scriptures, like today. He comes to us in the sacraments. He comes to us in other relationships with people along the way who help us to get to that goal of heaven. He comes to us in prayer. He comes to us in creation. He comes to us in love. There are many ways in which he comes to us, this coming of Christ, to help us get to heaven. Now, how does these two things fit into Noah's Ark and Jesus' coming? Jesus says this. He says, Just like in the days of Noah and the Ark, so will be at the coming of man, of the Son of Man. So what happened at Noah's Ark? Well, these things I just spoke about, these two things. So at Noah's Ark, God God had a covenant with, with his people. And, and before that, um, that ark experience, that flood experience, this covenant was in place, and it was through the covenant, God's covenant relationship with his people, that he was going to fulfill all of his promises that he gave to us in Jesus Christ, that he came to us in Jesus Christ. But all this is the getting ready for. And the people knew this. They knew that the way home was through the covenant, right? And that God would fulfill all of his promises and bring that harmony with himself and with others and with creation itself. But something had gone wrong. And people started forgetting God and the covenant. And they started to become, as Jesus notes, as Matthew notes, is that they started to become attached to this world itself. To all of the activities of this world and the relationships of this world. To all the fears and the worries and anxieties of this world. To all of the um, addictions and attachments of this world. To the entertainment and to the distractions of this world. To the work of this world. And the list goes on. So attached and so busy about these things that they began to forget God and that this world was a means towards God, not the goal itself. So God sends Noah, and Noah speaks to God's people, and he invites, and he cautions, and he warns, and he says, come with, come with me, and come with all the rest of creation, and God is going to renew the face of the earth. But because they were so t- tied to this world, 
They couldn't see it in their minds that this was something good. And so what happened? They got swept away by being people of this world. The world just kind of swept them away. And then God renewed his creation and his covenant with his people. This is all important for you and I who are people of this world. We can get so attached to the ways of this world that we as people of the new covenant in Jesus Christ can be like Noah. The people of Noah's age. We can be so caught up in the ways of this world that we forget that this world is not the goal. It's a means to the goal, which is life in heaven. Which arrives us back to then Advent and starting Advent. Can you imagine this? Think about this. Advent is a means towards Christmas, right? But Christmas is the goal. And not just the day, but the celebration of the reality of the coming of Christ 2,000 years ago. And the opening and the renewing and, and the being ready for and being, staying awake and prepared every day as we encounter Christ. So that when he comes for us again, we might be ready. It's interesting, when you look at, uh, there's a scene in the, in, in, in the Wizard of Oz where... Dorothy is getting close to the Emerald City, but the evil one puts a spell upon these beautiful flowers. She's walking through this field. And what does she do? She falls asleep because she's so enamored by the beauty here. It draws her in. And so what's interesting is that Jesus says this. He says, so stay awake. Be prepared. Be ready, for you know not when the Son of Man will come, the third coming, either at the end of the time or the end of our lives. Don't fall asleep. Don't be so swept away by the ways of this world that it literally sweeps you away from heaven. We're so caught up by the beauty of this world that we sit down and we stay here and we think this is it. Wouldn't it be terrible if somebody in our culture or people in our culture came to us about Advent and they said, Christmas, it's overrated. Advent's where it's at. The journey, that's what it's about. The journey. And so they misinform us. They lie to us. They, they deceive us. That really the goal is Advent. And that's where we're to remain. And we get mixed up by uh, the two of these and we get confused. And we spend all of our time concentrating on Advent and we never arrive at the celebration of Christmas. Wouldn't that be terrible? And not just for our kids celebrating Christmas, but for you and I. Now take that and blow it up across our lives. Wouldn't it be terrible if some people in our culture came to us you know, as a church or as individuals, as family, and said, you know, heaven, God, all that overrated, right? The journey in this world is where it's at. And so we listen to them 
and to the lies and to their deceit. And we start to get so caught up in the goal of this world that we become confused about the two worlds, this world and the world of heaven. We get mixed up and we spend all of our time concentrating on this world and living as if it really is the goal. And at the end, we never realize the goal of this world and being in this world, which is the life of heaven. Wouldn't that be terrible? And you begin to understand what Jesus is trying to say in today's gospel at the end of Matthew's gospel, rather than at the beginning. And we begin to see why the church chooses this reading to begin Advent rather than at the beginning of the gospel. Because at the beginning of Lent, the church wants us to remember what the goal is. It's not the journey. It's heaven. And we're to journey as if heaven is our goal rather than as if this world is our goal.